Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show that ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Venchel Saint-Dick. She is the founder of Pathway Coach Writing. She is a writing coach and also an author. Welcome to the show, Venchel. Thank you so much for having me here, AJ. How are you? <laughs> I'm very good. I'm very good. And it's nice to talk. If I understand you are, you are calling from the, from the very place that power emanates from, from Washington, D.C. Am I right? Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. A hotbed of activity there, especially with this election season going on in India. We have elections next year. There also you've got the elections there. So here Absolutely. in the midst of all these elections, let's talk about something much more, you know, much more pragmatic, where we'll talk about a writer's journey from blank page to published masterpiece. So first to understand from you about Pathway Coach writing itself, Vinchel, tell us about uh, what do you do as uh, at Pathway Coach writing, and then we'll understand this whole journey, a writer's yeah. journey. The no, absolutely. Um, so at Pathway Coach Writing, um, I help uh, writers uh, and businesses like write stories that mirror their brand, but also is very personal, you know, with their audience. And so I work on a variety of projects, including but not excluding manuscripts, um, novels, nonfiction and fiction work. Uh, and also dissertations as well, <laughs> believe it or not. And it's interesting because I am currently a doctoral, can, a, a doctoral student in a program. And so it's been very interesting to see that all of the work that I was doing beforehand with my clients who were going through that process, um, starting to put the pieces together, if, even though I am at the very beginning of the journey myself. Um, and so that's that's what I do at Pathway Coach Writing. But again, it wasn't always as clear cut uh, as I'm making it seem, just because when we're talking about this subject from uh, from the draft page to a it, to being published, you know, it's it's a whole process and it looks different for everyone. And so I'm glad that we're going to have we're going to have this discussion today uh, and flesh this out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, to understand from now, uh, the world has changed since this chat GPT, Bing, and hundreds of all these things have come up. Uh, and so what do authors, potential authors, or budding authors, or whatever way we may want to call them, what are they coming to you for nowadays? Because uh, there is this chat GPT available to them. Many say, you know, you can just write their great, your book down there. So why would they need somebody... Uh, I'm just trying to understand the no, absolutely, the absolutely, and 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 again, like this is coming from, um, you know, when you look at the writing editing industry, it has significantly changed. You know, since the um, inception of ChatGPT, the only issue that I have with with that platform is that even though you're able to save time, it's not imbued with human emotions. And so clients still come to me to get content feedback. And I think that's extremely important because 
as we both know, when you have a brand, people support and, and they are loyal to the brand based on how they resonate with what you're saying. And even like for myself, I think like that's the whole part of um, staying up to date with trends and patterns. Like I have even tried chat GPT for myself, you know, where I, um, you know, essentially was sort of experimenting in the beginning and trying to see what it was capable of doing. There's no doubt about it. It saves people uh, time and effort. Uh, but I would caution to always double check, you know, what the, to double check the outputs that come from those platforms. Um, because you want to make sure that even the language that's being used is very inclusive. I mean, yes, you can always type a command, uh, but chat GPT, when it's all said and done, is um, a bit robotic. <laughs> so you would still have to go and, and make some changes, you know, because it cannot capture all the nuances, even if it has been fed with loads of data from the Internet up until, I believe, 2021. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. A robot has to be robotic. How, how can it develop uh, human emotions? And second thing is, you know, the one big challenge that I see is that even in the U.S., there was this the old discussion about that uh, whatever comes out of any of these ai tools can you cannot have it copyrighted until unless you specifically go and prove it that it's an original piece of work because that whole data has been you know trained on uh, millions and millions of others data and that is where i guess uh, you you cannot claim it secondly if i understand how how will you use a chat, a chat GPT or anything else for an original writing? Because it won't be able to think like that. So when you talk of uh, a book or something for authors, what are the type of, uh, what's the genre that you generally deal with? Or is it like any sort of uh, writing will, will work for you? I think any sort of writing will work for me. And I would say that, you know, I go based on, um, I use evidence-based data uh, to inform like how I work with my clients. So for example, first things first, even if a client wanted to use ChatGPT, they still need to have an outline. They still need to understand, um, carefully understand the topic that they're going to discuss and what is expected you know, from the audience that they're going to write to. And, and that's something that ChatGPT cannot do. And so that's, the, I really focus on the brainstorming. If nothing else, I think that um, anyone can can write a paper in five days, but the brainstorming piece is extremely important and dictates the quality of the work later on. And so that's what I work on with my clients. I try to help them brainstorm and outline, uh, try to understand um, the topic at hand, um, and then start their initial draft by following their outline and um, trying to create connections and, and, and determining causal links. I mean, these series of steps that I just outlined take time, and it's not something that can easily be generated by ChatGPT uh, since they're not an expert on the, on the subject. Right, right. And even if ChatGPT were not there, uh, people would need a lot of, you know, hand-holding from people who can look at everything from a distance and who are not involved into 
it in the way a writer is you know into all those characters if there are characters or even in business writing or any sort of a writing what are the general uh, things you know we we will come to the writers block but what are the challenges the stumbling blocks that the writers uh, face generally one is the you know they want your feedback are there other problems that they face do you do they want to be motivated or are they really uh, authors who have got a good amount of experience and they can do it themselves i i think that's a great question um i think some of the challenges that some authors uh, may face is this their concept of time you know sometimes i'll work with clients who will say well you know i need an hour or two you know to work on this book without realizing that life goes on you know whether or not you know you're writing a a, a novel um and and two hours is a long time you know and i think that the the mind uh that's why you have all of these techniques you know where that addresses like just the short spend that we spend um, when doing anything, because the mind cannot do something repetitively for a long period of time without getting bored, without getting distracted. So I usually tell my clients to maybe focus on blocks, like, you know, just small blocks of time, like maybe 25 minutes or 15 minutes a day, um, and then jot their ideas down. It doesn't need to be coherent sentences, because that's the whole point of the peer review process towards the end when you have people looking at your work and giving you feedback. And so there's no need, you know, to have a perfect, th that first draft will never be perfect. Let's just face it. It's never going to be perfect, but unfortunately you do, um, even for those who are expedient with time, um, that's one of the challenges that they face. It's, it's, um, how do they, how do they, uh, create more time for themselves to dedicate to the the writing process right so nowadays writers do they come to you for uh mostly you know a lot of people talk that you write a book and you will develop that thought leadership and it will get you a good you know profile built through writing a book is that uh, how do you see this part of book writing because that has flooded the whole internet with a with many many books which no very few people want to read or only some people want to read how do you differentiate between those you know writing and mass and just creating something and then tell that i am an author and one is the one which we are talking about is a masterpiece how do you look as a writing coach as a founder of a company obviously you have to look at the business side also but yes. as somebody who is who is a writing coach uh, how do you look at this whole concept and and try to calibrate both of them i think that they're not mutually exclusive i think that you can use your book you know to build a brand it's just a matter of again like i said understanding you know the needs it's 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 all you know it's it's documented in behavioral economics you know really understanding what your audience needs and um while making sure that your book sells but that's a tough question to to answer to be honest with you because maybe what sells is not what what resonates with the authors, the authors or the writers who are writing on these topics. And so I think that 
that's where, you know, time needs to be dedicated to do sort of like a needs assessment and then try to meet people halfway. Uh, you don't give them everything that they want, but you get, but you know, so that you don't lose yourself in the process. Uh, because when it's, when it's all said and done, the output or the overall quality of that written manuscript has to reflect like your, that you've put your soul and heart into it um, as well. Even if like from a business perspective, you don't, you don't want to write a book where it's just going to sit on the shelf, like picking up dust. <laughs> so, um, so I think it's a tough question to add, to, to answer, to be honest with you, because nowadays um, the industry has shifted you know, from, you know, people who are just writing a book just to say that they are authors um, to now, you know, using books as a marketing brand. And so things have shifted very quickly within the past decade, actually. Right, right. So what is a masterpiece in today's time? I mean, uh, is it, is it, is it something which is gone now? We'll not find it any, uh, anymore or because people keep on questioning now where how have you written who uh, how, how. it's very difficult nowadays to differentiate between original thoughts and so how do you look at a creation of a masterpiece is it possible today in the, in in today's time i think it is possible to create a masterpiece but again it's who is defining what a masterpiece is because I could write a book and think that it is the best thing that happened since sliced bread. <laughs> and then I send it for peer review and then they say it needs more work. I think that, I think that, you know, when we talk about these terms, like a masterpiece, best-selling book or what have you, we have to look at who is defining those terms and how they measuring success. Um, even like when I think about the word masterpiece, I'm not, I, it's, I'm, I'm a little bit torn because I think it can be done. But then again, let's not forget that when you read multiple books, over time you see a pattern, a trend of people simpling work from other people as well. And so what, what is really a masterpiece if that's what you're doing? Just like, you know, and this concept also applies to music. You know, sometimes you listen to a an artist and then it's not until years later you realize, but that sound in the background was sampled from an, from a previous album of someone who is no longer alive. Um, and so I'm not really sure if we have become a culture of, um, are, are, we, are we embracing originality or copycats? I think right. that's, I think that's, I, I'm not sure if, I'm sure there's still gonna be some people out there who, who value originality or original work. But I feel like as we are a culture, a consumerism type of culture, maybe when it comes to the writing editing industry, we're moving away from originality and towards, you know, just simpling, just simpling work from other people. And then branding it as original. I mean, we, this. I mean, we can apply this concept even with YouTube influencers as well. Are they producing original work, or are they, um, 
you know, again, like picking a topic and then just like in most health self-help books, just addressing subtopics within the topic, you know, that has been maybe, you know, um, said or written in a different way by different people over time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and obviously the market has to honor the writer and the writer will honor, uh, honor the uh, whole, yes. a whole bunch of the new generation with something called a masterpiece. As long as uh, that does not happen, the wait will continue. But yes, it is market which determines and not everybody has that much of patience to uh, fight all these things. Be that as it may, there is uh, now let's come to the writer's block. One of the big reasons that, you know, uh, while when the AI on all these tools were being launched was that for authors, writers and all these things, it will take care of your writer's block. So is it is it now that the uh, tackling of, of this writer's block is now solely on uh, on the AI tools or is it is it are there other ways one can tackle the uh, writer's block? How does that work? Um, for, I mean, there are a series of exercises that I provide to my clients that help them, uh, define their values, uh, like series of prompts that can help them tackle writer's block. And so I, I would say if nothing else, if people really don't have the time, they could use AI to come up with some prompts, uh, instead of having AI write the, you know, write, write on, on their behalf. And so that's what I would say. Um, but I, I typically, I typically use prompts, uh, from books that I read, uh, you know, or on similar topics that my clients are writing about. I come up with these prompts and then I send it to them so that it can generate some ideas for their, uh, book projects. Right. Right. Bishop. In a nutshell, in today's time, then, uh, after having discussed this, what are the skills that are required to be a writer a, a, in terms of an author in a in, in few things, you know, so that somebody, somebody will come to know, OK, these are the th things that I, I cannot compromise with. And this is very much required if I at all want to be an author, because a lot of advertisements I see, you don't need to write even one word and your book will get written. So I get very confused. I want to understand if that is the that is a fact that is the way it will be, or actually you will need some skills, and then your polish polishing has to be done from uh, you know uh, people like you who have that that experience and understanding. I think again to piggyback on what I said in terms of you know again uh, like like you had said you know to honor the market, um, I would say that one of the skill sets that writers should have is, you know, critical thinking skills, strong analytical skills, and not so much focus on what is said, but what is being, what is not being said, because that's what you're trying to address in any piece of work. Even when you're writing a blog, um, you're trying to do a gap analysis. Right. And so I think that it's extremely important, even when you intend to use AI, you still want to critique, you know, what's being shared with you. Um, I do that all the time. <laughs> you know, when I read a book um, and, and also you can find it in journal articles as, as well. You know, you typically they'll say in the discussion section, well, there needs to be more research on this topic. 
And this is what I focus on. This is what I focus my analysis on. And I ask questions. And so you have to also have an inquisitive mind um, in order to become a successful writer or just in life in general. Absolutely, absolutely. There is much to learn about writing, whether however number of tools come in. And for that, you know, uh, some part they will have to learn with their own skills. For men, for more, they will have to come to you. So what what is the best way for people to connect with you, learn from you, and also engage with you professionally so that they Absolutely. are able to write a masterpiece if possible? Absolutely. So um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, on Instagram, um, just using my name uh, on the screen or Pathway Coach Writing because I have a personal and a business uh, page. Uh, and then also they can, you know, people can look at my website because I also have a blog. I also post resources that they can use. And again, I'm not just talking the talk. I'm walking the walk. I'm also uh, taking classes. Like I, I think that writing is an is an iterative process. You never stop learning. Um, and and like I said it before, in terms of developing your critical thinking skills and analytical skills, uh, the best way to become a great writer is to read. You know, even if it's just 10 pages a day, um, I think it makes a huge difference. So that's where people can find me. Um, and I'm hoping to connect with whomever come my way because this work is so critically important. And we understand that words do matter. Um, you know, whatever, you know, when you speak or when you write something, you always want to be mindful of um, the words that we, you use because depending on the words that you use, it creates the intended outcome that you want, or it creates a complete disaster. So I think it's it's needed in our generation and then to learn to use our words to create positive a positive impact. Absolutely, absolutely. As if I if I'm able to quote correctly, as Carl Sagan said that you know books have that much of power that even after hundreds and thousands of years, you will be able to connect with somebody who have been alive long back. So I hope this present generation comes out with at least some original pieces so that the future generations, when they connect with such writings, they feel they fulfill actually that it was a great writer and not a lousy one. On this note, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much indeed for joining us.